I'm Dean Newland, and welcome to the Business of Intuition, where I coach, facilitate, train, and speak on the hard science and meaningful experience of intuitive leadership in business, so you can make better decisions, forge real connections, and creatively solve problems to amplify your impact and simplify your life. Welcome to the Business of Intuition. Job seekers, thought leaders, and companies know authentic relationships drive their success. And LinkedIn is a must-have tool to find a new job, position oneself as an expert in your field, and shape the narrative of a company. But most people don't have a LinkedIn strategy and therefore missed most of the value of this online networking platform. My next guest is Donna Sedula. Donna is the founder and president of Vision Board Media, a professional branding company that helps individuals and companies tell their unique stories on LinkedIn and beyond, bringing dynamic brand storytelling to the masses and empowering people to dream big. That's the ink in her pen. In her website, LinkedInMakeover.com, where she and her team of over 20 writers and coaches help people collide with opportunity and transform their lives via vision-forward career branding. She has authored two editions of LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. She shared her LinkedIn expertise at global conferences, presented keynotes and workshops, and featured on a number of high-profile news outlets. Donna Sedula on the Business of Intuition. So, Don, it's great to have you on the business of intuition. Let's start off with some stats. Sure. Tell, you tell me. I don't know them. I didn't look it up. But obviously, the, cha- the topic is around circling around LinkedIn, and I've got a lot of questions I want to ask about it. But right now, what is your guess on how many people are using LinkedIn? I mean, it's big. It's a public <laughs> company, right? It's, gone, it's, it's a massive platform. Do you have any sense about that? I don't, but I was wondering There's whether an, you did. There is a stat. That's not new, but it's impressive. And it's stated that one in every three professionals on this planet is on LinkedIn. On the planet. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> one in three. One in three. So, that's a pretty big group of people. All right. So, I guess when it comes to your work with clients around LinkedIn, what is some of the most common problems that people have with their pages? What are we, what are we doing wrong? You know what? I mean, there's two ways of looking at it, right? There's the professional, that executive, that sole individual who says, you know, I want, I want to be challenged. I want to challenge others. I want to inspire. I want to motivate. I want to network. You know, I want to spread my love and educate and add value, right? There's that, that, that like real high performer. And that person is meeting people, greeting people, and everyone wants to know who they are. (laughs) Who is this guy? Who is this woman? And their profile needs to tell that story. It needs to show their showcase their vibrancy, their their history, their trajectory, their passion, right? But then there's also, you know, there's job seekers, but there's companies, you know, and it's it's how is the company showcasing themselves? And then how is the company showcasing their employees? So it, it, it really is almost like a fork, right? There's a number of splits in how you mm. can look at it. So what about, let's take one of them at a time. Like, let's say I'm a job seeker. What are some of your bedrock 
ideas around what we should be doing with our LinkedIn profile and how we should be interacting if I'm a job seeker. So as a job seeker, do not, this is going to be crazy, but do not copy and paste your resume into your profile. We don't want you to look like a desperate job seeker. We don't want you to give everything away. We want uh, to give recruiters a reason to reach out, a reason to talk to you, right? So that's, that's something that typically surprises people. But you so do want to get- before we, Yeah. So say more about that. So it seems to the layperson like myself that that would be appropriate. In a sense, I would say, well, LinkedIn is my electronic or my virtual CV. So why wouldn't I just copy not. and paste? So what is the, so, so define the differences. Yeah. So a LinkedIn profile is not your resume. It, it's been stated by LinkedIn for years that it was, but it, it never has been. Okay. It is a digital introduction. It is a first impression, and it really should be more of a professional manifesto. Because if you think about it, a resume is something that should be aligning you very specifically to that job that you're applying for. Whereas a LinkedIn profile is visible to everybody and anybody, anybody can look and see it. Anybody and their brother. It's totally public. And if you think about it, you might be you might want to align yourself to a couple different jobs, <laughs> but you want that LinkedIn profile to tell your story and, and make people want to request your resume. So that's to so tell your story. That's interesting. And I like the word manifesto. It's got a, a lot of power to that. Uh, would you then suggest that whether you're on that fork that you described, whether it's a job seeker, whether it's an individual professional, whether it's a company, et cetera, that we have a very clear idea of the reason why we are on that LinkedIn yeah. page. Like what is the purpose of yeah. my, so, my doing this? Yeah. Is so my important? methodology, yeah. yeah. So my methodology, I call it SOAR, S-O-A-R, and it's an acronym. And SOAR stands for strategize, then optimize, then you can amplify, and then you can relate. So the strategized piece is understanding your goal. Why are you on LinkedIn? Because you know you might be a job seeker now, but tomorrow you may be an established seasoned professional who is doing it for reputation management or executive branding, mm. or maybe you're doing it for sales and prospecting, right? A goal is different and it, it can change the longer you're on LinkedIn. But because of that goal changes, so does your target audience. And because your target audience is changing, your narrative needs to to align to their, what they need to know about you, what you want to say about yourself. And it should also include the right keywords so you can collide with opportunity because LinkedIn is also a search engine and people are using it to find someone like you. So what if I'm a person who is wanting to use my LinkedIn page to find a new job, but I'm currently employed and I don't want my employer to know, is there a way for us to be able to have our cake and eat it too? Not send a signal, hey, I'm a flight risk, but at the same time, keep myself open. How do we do both? And I have like a crazy little pivot we can take. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But one, having an optimized profile, like I said before, we don't want to we don't want to broadcast that you're a desperate job seeker. Even if you are, <laughs> that's not the story we want to tell. But we do want to, you know, tell the story of why you're a perfect fit for maybe a, a, another higher level position, right? And really mm-hmm. align it and talk about who you are and what you do and why it matters and how you help and and what you stand for. You know, that's the story that we want to be telling in that LinkedIn profile. 
just to take that step back, it's not a terrible thing to really showcase your brand on LinkedIn and maybe ruffle some feathers, hmm. right? And I hmm. love it when you know HR or whoever looks at a LinkedIn profile and goes, oh my goodness, this person looks great. They didn't look that great last week, but they look great now. And they work for us. <laughs> they work for us. Yeah. You know, maybe we should get everybody looking this good because we're going to attract better opportunities, more, you know, more prospects, better client, better job candidates, because these are, you know, our people look good. But, you know, the other look way of looking at it is it's far cheaper to keep an employee than it is to, for sure. you know, to replace for them. Sure. So maybe, maybe it's also a good time for that, that company to say, Ooh, maybe we have someone here that we didn't realize is really wonderful. We want to, we want to do a little bit more to keep them happy. So are the algorithms changing with search and is, how is that affecting a LinkedIn? And what do we need to be doing differently to be able to keep up to date on that? The algorithms are always changing. In the are they always? Okay. okay. Always changing. And it's not just the search algorithm. It's also, you know, the LinkedIn feed algorithm, you know, what posts get more eyeballs and more visibility and more engagement with LinkedIn search. You know, ultimately, the way I look at it is what does LinkedIn want? What is the best thing for LinkedIn? And LinkedIn wants to provide the best search results. The best search results are those profiles that are have been recently up to date. The person is active on LinkedIn and they have a nice narrative on the profile that repeats those keywords in a very natural contextual way. So mm. by utilizing, by one, first being strategic, knowing your target audience, speaking directly to them, utilizing the right keywords, sprinkling it throughout the profile and not in an obnoxious way, not in a redundant or repetitive way, but, you know, just utilizing it in your, your, your narrative, in your content and concentrating on some certain fields like the, the headline is important. The about section is important. The job titles are important. And that job description is important. So, you know, mm -hmm. utilizing those keywords naturally and organically in those areas, your, your profile is going to do well. And so how do you know it's going to do well? I mean, I know that I, once in a while, I see how many people have seen my profile and it's up or down by some sort of percent from last week. Mm -hmm. Are there any other ways that I can go or anybody else can go in and basically determine how well am I doing relative <laughs> to what LinkedIn wants? Well, the, the way you know that you're doing well is your views are up. You're getting views to your profile. That's the best way. Okay. Because if you search for yourself, LinkedIn knows you're searching for yourself and everyone's yeah. network is differently. So you can't, it, no one can really judge how well they're doing in search because every, what they're searching against is different for everybody. So you can't judge it that way. But you can see by profile views, if people are hitting your profile, that's a good thing. If okay. you find opportunities in your inbox, that's a good thing. And you can always also check out your the social selling index. And that's a number that LinkedIn gives to everybody. And you can say, oh, my social selling index score is, is higher. It's higher than it was. So clearly the work that I'm doing is paying off. All right. So help me out here, Donna. What's the social selling index? <laughs> so I'm trying to remember. See, I have other exact... people that do this work for me. So I don't understand all of this. So yeah, so the SSI, it's the social selling index score. It's the way LinkedIn grades profiles. And you can see, you know, how is your personal branding? How's your outreach? How's your networking doing? And it gives a score. If it's above, I think 72, that's considered you're doing a pretty darn good job. And how do you find it? Uh, if you do a search for social selling index, LinkedIn social selling index, you should be able to click on it. 
it's not one of those things where it's readily available to people. So I don't it's know not why. part of LinkedIn. It's not. Thing it is. That you- no, it is. It's totally part of LinkedIn. It's more built into their sales navigator product, but it is available to everybody. Okay. Gosh, see, this is something that I didn't realize. And I don't know whether this is news to everybody else that's listening to this, but it certainly is to me. So, all right. So aside from now, we sort of talked about the person who is looking for a job. What about the person who is wanting to position themselves as a thought leader because maybe they own a business, they want to build their brand, they want to be able to um, get speaking engagements. Aside from the static pages that I have on my LinkedIn or somebody has, talk about the, the networking component and how best to use that. Because I, so, so, so backing up, every time somebody sort of becomes uh, linked to me in LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I almost always get some sort of automatic response. And then I get kind of hit up a lot about, hey, Dean, I'm sending you another email. And it seems like LinkedIn spam to me because I don't really know these people. I don't need what they need. If I were to respond to each one of them, I would probably be spending an hour a day just doing that. So all that being said, how do we best utilize LinkedIn's networking component if my goal is sort of thought leadership? You know, with LinkedIn at one time, the the going advice, and I certainly gave this advice as well, and that was just connect, you know, connect, connect, connect some more. You know, the the bigger your network, <clears throat> the better you're going to do. And 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 to some, to some, to some extent that's still true. <laughs> you know, we, we do want to have a a big network. We're going to turn up in more searches. More people will see our content. But you know, at one time, the only way to have that audience was through connections. Now you have followers. So you don't necessarily need to just accept anyone into your network, right? You, you can strive more for a bigger follower base than first degree connections. Mm. So you know, as these people are connecting to you, you want to look and say like, is this someone that I know? Is this someone that I trust? Is this someone that I like? Are they somewhere in my, in my true trusted network? And I think for most of those people, the answer is going to be no. I mean, if they're there just to spam you, they're really not the right person. So right. I would say, you know, maybe just slow down a little bit on just accepting these connection requests that are clearly from spammers. And there are a lot of people out there doing that. I really yeah. wish LinkedIn would tighten that API. That's it's it's obnoxious and it's wrong how people are using it. Yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, you know, I do want you to think about connecting and connecting in a very deliberate fashion and a manner where you are connecting to the people that you've met and the people you meet, the people who are on your podcast, your listeners who've reached out to you, your clients, your partner, like all of these people are the people that you should be connecting with. And those other people, they can always click follow. Right. And so what is really the difference, you. though? What's the difference? Because I don't always know, you know, so, does, does not a, a person who connect, is connected to me get everything that I would be posting anyway? Well, connecting is a two way street. So it's you're subscribing to their updates and they are subscribing to your updates. Okay. Um, you're, you're joining networks that your, your first degree connections are going to come together and join. That is what connecting means. Whereas following is it's a one-way street. So if I follow you, Dean, I'm going to get your updates. I'm going to see your posts. They will come into my LinkedIn feed, but you will not see mine unless you follow me as well. 
And if I wanted to connect with that person, you know, I have a question I wanted to, you know, strike up a conversation, I would have to go back to the connecting feature. Potentially. What's, okay. what's really nice about LinkedIn and their premium packages is when you do decide, hey, you know, I'm going to pony up, I'm going to pay for LinkedIn, you can turn on open profile, which means, and I have open profile on my on my account, I, I subscribe to their, their sales navigator and I turn on open profile. So anyone can message me, whether they are connected to me or not connected to me. So that's one of the actually really great reasons why you might consider upgrading on LinkedIn is you can turn on the open profile and anyone connect with you, regardless of whether they're first degree connections or not. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure that we've got that, or I've got that. So say that, talk a little bit about the difference between the individual versus the company page. And do, does if a person owns a business, do they need both? Any tips and tools about how to interact between the two? Yeah. So it is, it's a great way of just extending and increasing your digital footprint. So if you have a company why not? It's free, you know, go right. up to the, the work waffle and click create <laughs> company page and upload a logo, you know, add that information. And, and you've got, you've got a little bit of a, a bigger footprint here on LinkedIn. And that's a good thing. You know, if you're a smaller company and you don't have that, you know, designated marketing component, you can still really utilize LinkedIn as an individual. You know, it, it's not like you have to be on it as that company necessarily mm. all the time. You know, it's one of those things that you have to weigh. I, I do believe that there's still so much value in being that individual on LinkedIn. So if you're kind of going back and forth, I would say lean more towards the person than towards the company. But mm. if you have the bandwidth and you have the team and you have the ability, go right ahead. Do both together. And ultimately with the company page, What's really nice about it is it does bring together all of your employees under one tab. So a person can come in, hmm. learn more about you. They could see who works with you. They can click onto their profiles and really get a good sense of who you are, what you're comprised of, and you know what you're all about. So as a thought leader, then what, what are the most successful types of posts would one have? You know, if that's if there is such a thing as a a recipe for a successful post. What would that look like? So, so a successful post. Let's so let's not think in terms of the company. Let's think in terms of the that, individual. That individual, yeah. Yeah. because you know, company pages can do you know can do a great job with posts as well. But I, I do think the ones that we see more often when we're looking at our LinkedIn feed is the individual. And you know, it's when it's time. And let let me say this: rather than just just jumping in full force and creating posts. To me, it's better to take a couple steps. So the first step is just paying attention to your feed, scrolling through and calibrating to it because it is a little different than TikTok. It's different than Instagram. It's different than Facebook. It's different than Twitter. So it, it is a good idea before you even just start cross-posting or posting to just get used to it. Like Just sort of read through it for a week or two and see how people are engaging. Once you do that, I still wouldn't suggest jumping in and, and posting. The second thing you want to do is you want to start to engage on other people's posts and just start mm. commenting. 
and really use that commenting strategy as a great way of like just getting to let LinkedIn know who you know and 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 start engaging. Mm. That's a really great way to network where you're not even you're not even broadcasting. You're just engaging with other people, and they love that. And it it helps those posts because posts that do well on LinkedIn are those that have engagement. They have those comments. It's not just a like. Once you have that, you've seen what what it's like. You've been commenting. You're you're getting that feel. Then it's time to start to post. And when you post on LinkedIn. There's a few things to remember, and and again, it's it really is all about how can you prove to LinkedIn that this is an engaging post, that there's quality to it, that there's value to it. LinkedIn doesn't want just like any little thing. It's not about the quantity to them. It's really about the quality. And so, when you post, do it a little bit longer so they so it see more link hits. When you click a see more, that tells LinkedIn, oh, this is, must be really interesting. So one, hmm. you know, went to expand it. A person, you know, just sort of stays on that post a little bit. That's also a good thing. Not as good as it used to be, but it's it's still good that a person is looking and reading through. And then, you know, make sure that you add something in the post that prompts a person, that engages that person and makes them want to comment. So ask a question or or say something that that gives gives that a reason to go into the comments and comment. And then you want to respond to those comments. Hmm. So engagement is the thing that we're looking for. And so, you know, don't sell, not necessarily right out of the box. Instead, you know, think, how can I add value? How can I educate? How can I inspire? How can I motivate? How can I help? How can I give advice? How can I ask for advice? Like that's, it's more of a giving mindset that you want to have. So if you're if you're the thought leader out there, or even well, let's let's put the the job seeker aside for now. How much time should we be spending on LinkedIn? I mean, is that a daily activity? Should I be saying, all right, I'm going to spend a half an hour a day on this? I know that, of course, the more time you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. But mm-hmm. there's also something to be said for consistency. You know, like this podcast, for example, we were taught and we've done it, is that be consistent, always have a podcast. Mm-hmm produced every day, every Tuesday, eight o'clock, which it is, seems to have helped us out. Is it the same with LinkedIn, like the consistency of of being engaged on a daily basis? Is that about right? Well, let's, let's say this. Consistency is important. So if you can do it every Monday at, you know, 8 a.m., that is a good thing. But LinkedIn posts live longer than most other networks. So if you go onto LinkedIn and you look at the very top post, it could be five days old. Hmm. And you're just seeing it right then and there because it's not like it goes out like a pulse to everybody. It, it, It goes out in waves and it might go out to a small group. And if that small group likes your post and engages with your post, it'll go out to a bigger group and a bigger group and a bigger group. And that can take place over over a series of days. So you may have posted on Monday, but the vast majority of your network isn't going to be seeing it until Wednesday or Thursday. All right. So with that there, to me, it's mm. it's LinkedIn saying, look, we recognize that you guys are busy. <laughs> you've got jobs, you've got businesses, you've got a lot of things going on. And you don't have to post every day to be successful on LinkedIn. Now, if you can, Go right ahead. I mean, right. that's a fabulous thing. And and if you really want to own it and dominate it, doing it every day is great. 
for the vast majority of users. If you can post three days a week, you can post once a week. You could post once every two weeks. That is far better than most. Okay. And, and having that go out is a good thing. Now, what I would say is this, don't just log in once every two weeks or log in once and post, yeah. but, but the other days, comment, engage, but you don't have to necessarily need to be creating content. Okay. Good to know. So with some of the other platforms out there, especially we, we think about what's been going on with Twitter over the years with Elon taking over and you know, there's been the concern about censorship and what are we actually seeing? Is this being, you know, filtered through CIA or whatever? Are we, are we being, getting the real uncensored information from the people who are trying to send out information? Does LinkedIn have a similar sort of protocol, meaning like certain stuff we're going to ban? Well, I mean, it's interesting. There, it's interesting because the, you can go into your settings. And yeah. you can actually turn off political posts if you wanted to. There's a, there is a setting that says turn that's off That's an individual posts. choice. That's not a company choice. Right. You can, you can choose if you want it on or off. Now, okay. we're, of course, allowing LinkedIn to determine what is a political post. So who knows how they're, you know, how they, okay. they themselves grade that. But, right. you know. Recognize that with LinkedIn, it is a professional network. It has always been a professional network. And right. although we're seeing more and more personality, a little bit more flair, a little bit more vulnerability, a little bit more personal musings on LinkedIn, it's still a professional network. And, and I feel that because of that, that in itself has really protected LinkedIn as well as the users. Because hmm. most people know how to behave in those situations and they, you know, they keep themselves, you know, on their, on their task at hand so and what they're posting. Yeah. I just, I don't see a lot of political okay. posts. I, don't I just was see curious. a lot of people behaving badly. Okay. I was just curious about that. So what's coming with LinkedIn in the future? I mean, I was thinking about metaverse and I'm thinking about VR, you know, virtual reality glasses and, and us connecting through <laughs> that medium. Are we at some point going to see LinkedIn go in that direction? And what's that going to look like? You know, How's I mean, AI going to change in LinkedIn? You know, uh, chat GPT. What's, what's the future for LinkedIn? If you were to look in your crystal ball. If I was to look at my crystal ball, well, yeah, I mean, they are owned by Microsoft, right? So, right, right. I mean, that they're going to be on the cutting edge. You know, I think I, this is something that does worry me, Dean. You know, mm. I, I love AI. I think it's fabulous. And I think it's a great tool. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I really do hope that the users as well as LinkedIn understands that, you know, we still need to relate as human beings. And so, you know, I like to use AI to help with you know, creating posts, but at the same time, we can't totally outsource it to AI. And, you know, and I hear a lot of people say, oh, every, I, all my posts are AI. And then I hear other people saying, and I'm, you know, I use AI for my commenting strategy. Right, <laughs> and after right. a while you wonder, is, is, is it just going to be AI talking to each other and we're going to be out hiking? <laughs> doing other? No, I totally understand that. I was talking to somebody over at a major university whose name I will not mention. That uh, I said, so now that, that chat GPT, for example, AI 
is is part of our society. It wasn't that long ago. I remember hearing on the radio newscasts and so forth that the schools were trying to control uh, chat GPT so that the students wouldn't plagiarize and take mm-hmm. other people. I mean, they were, they were trying to keep a lid on the genie, you know, in the, in the bottle. And it, and I said, so what's, what's the, what's the stance now? It says, well, actually we're going to lean into it. We're going to lean into it. Higher education, we're going to lean into AI and we're going to teach kids and students how best to use it as a tool. And so I said, so tell me more about that. And so it's like, so we're going to help them create the right questions so that AI can create the right answers. So I thought that's fascinating. So now no longer are we going to be creating our own answers. We're going to be creating the questions. And to me, my, my dad is rolling over in his grave somewhere, is basically we, we've sort of taken a portion of our thinking and decided that an, a, basically technology is going to do it for us. And that, that, that part scares me. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, I love, like I said, I, I really do enjoy ChatGPT and I love going in there and I love throwing at it a whole bunch of ideas and then working with it to, to right. iterate and get it to that point where it really is now my vision. But at the same time, I think what's important is to have that vision. You know, Agreed. you can't just go in and say, all right, write me something or just respond to this. But yeah. I, I think in order to really be successful and for it to be, as authentic it can be, you almost have to go in with that that core concept, that principle, that vision. So, does is, do you see that LinkedIn would have tools to identify posts that were Chat GPT created, and ergo not rank them as high because it's not authentic? I know there's a there's a site out there. I've been playing around with it. Because I've been using ChatGPT just to kind of get me into an idea and to crystallize an idea, but I usually do most of the writing once I get past that that you know that barrier that that hump. But once once that's going, then then it's then it's fine. But I guess I don't know. Like, what what do you... I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, it's like all right. Well, if it is if it's been AI generated, you know, like will LinkedIn devalue it or will right. it amplify right. it? Will it boost it? Right. You know, and and LinkedIn already is using AI to create these these posts, and then then they ask uh, experts to come in and and add their own two cents. But they're all AI generated. <laughs> so I mean, LinkedIn is has already leaned in pretty heavily into this AI stuff, and in some ways. You know, doesn't matter if it was AI generated. I mean, it only matters if it was AI generated. If there's no real soul, if there's it. no real point. If it's just yeah. if it's if, if if it's just floral prose with nothing behind it. But maybe a person really did spend the time and worked with it and created something new and different and and insightful and and chock full of value. And in, and in that case, what's the difference between using AI or using a ghostwriter? Well, that, 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 then you get into the whole philosophical, you know, debate, you know, around that, which is, I think would be fascinating, but, but to your point, like, you know, Microsoft purchased, you know, they own LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft's also invested a billion dollars in ChatGPT, So they are yeah. heavily invested in this technology, you know, and I'm sure it's going to continue to show up in some of these ancillary products like yeah. LinkedIn. I mean, for me, right. I mean, I, I started my business in 2009. And we write LinkedIn profiles. That's what we do. I mean, ultimately, 
we write LinkedIn profiles for executives all over the the world, professionals. And so naturally, this does concern me. You know, what if you click a button and a LinkedIn profile is just automatically created for you? Right, right. That's it's coming. I know it's coming, but it doesn't really scare me because when I look at the people that we've worked with, what we're doing isn't necessarily just writing. It's the Mm. listening. It's helping them understand their value and their strengths and looking at their, their trajectory and listening to them and saying, wait, that is a strength. You might not even, this might come easy to you, but what you're talking about is, is different. It's really helping people to empower themselves and to see a bigger picture, to dream bigger and to put themselves out in a manner that's really authentic. And, and can, can that button generator do it? Yeah. But I, I don't know if it can do it deeply and with that type of a manner where you're, you have to have that connection. You need to have that engagement and you need to have that person who can listen. And I just don't know if AI will ever get to that point. Well, that is the ir- irony of, of what you're saying is that the, the purpose behind LinkedIn is to connect people together, you yeah. know, just to create relationship. And so long as they stay focused on that, then we should be okay. But if all of a sudden the, the entire LinkedIn becomes nothing but a bunch of bots communicating to each other, then, then we're, they're up, we're, not, we're not involved anymore. And then it yeah. loses its purpose. Yeah. You know, I, I always, I always think back to, I took a motorcycle riding course years ago and I was terrible. I was so bad. (laughs) And, and I remember taking that final test where I was going to get my license and I could barely even get into the course. But once I got into the course, something took over and I finished and I got like the highest, highest score. And when that motorcycle instructor came to me and he handed me my certificate, my license, he said, Donna, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You should. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I have never been back on a motorcycle. Yeah. But I, I think of that all the time. LinkedIn, just because you can. Yeah. Just because you can put AI everywhere. Just because, yeah. you, you know, like we can automate and, you know, doesn't mean we should. Right, right. It's all great. On that note, I would like to ask if you could share with people how they can follow you and and connect with your work. I know you've got a couple of books. You've got some work that you want to, I'm sure you, you would like to share, but how do we connect with you? Sure. Oddly enough, I'm on LinkedIn. Are you really? <laughs> no. So certainly uh, follow me on LinkedIn, um, but visit my website. It's LinkedIn. Follow you or connect with you. <laughs> well, Dean, I've got something embarrassing to say. What? I've connected with so many people. I don't have room for any more first degree connections. How do you possibly have that? There's a cap? Mm -hmm. There is a cap. You can only have 30,000 and that's it? That's it. You're just so cool. So popular. Yep. I'm seeing you right here. All right. I'll have to follow you. Oh, now you got 44,001 followers. I now your first one in the 44,000 area. Okay, cool. All right. Understood. <laughs> but otherwise you can visit my LinkedIn, my, my website, linkedin-makeover.com and uh, easily, easily give me a call, easily book time on my calendar, easily check out our services and our products and all the cool things that we do to help people tell their story. 
And do you not have a couple of books though? That's a plug for oh, your I do. plug. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a Four Dummies author. I wrote LinkedIn profile optimization for Dummies, published by Wiley. It's in oh, the good. second edition. It's on the, in the nice. second edition, and uh, you can get that on Amazon or wherever books are sold. But it is my baby, and I'm very proud of it, and it's still very much up to date. Very good. Glad to hear it. Nice to talk to you. I will follow you on LinkedIn and learn more about all this, but I've actually come away with some uh, notes of things that I never knew about. Uh, oh, good. For example, my social selling index score. I'm going to go figure out what that is. Now I'm curious. Pull it up. I, 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 bet, you're, I bet you rank very high. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Business of Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Dean or Mission Facilitators Leadership, go to mfileadership.com. That's mfileadership.com.